Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury. So welcome back to the Making Headway Podcast. You guys are stuck with me, Aaron. Um, and, but the good thing is that it's not just me today. I have Joe from the Neuro Nerds and his lovely Felice. She is a singer, songwriter, producer, does all the things. Um, and she's, I think, the glue that keeps Joe somewhat hinged. I don't know if we can say that he is or not. <laughs> so now I can actually pick on Joe when he's here to defend himself, because I've noticed I've done that a few times, and I'm like, ooh, he's not there. Um, so they've well, they've come on to um, be part of our relationship series here in February, um, where we just talk to awesome people who have made it through. So welcome. All right, let's be as boring and mundane as possible. We're not going to be energetic or entertaining at all. (laughs) But Troy's not on a conference call today. I can be loud. (laughs) (laughs) Felice is absolutely the glue that keeps me together. I would not be here today if it wasn't for this magnificent human being beside me. You can't see. You're only hearing this, but she's literally sitting beside me. I'm just going to sit back for this episode and just let you guys talk nice about it. Right, right. You're (laughs) You're like, oh, do go on. Please. I'm just going to bask and take it in. I will, as you should. And I'm not going to give Joe a pin to pop your head to get out of the room when you're done, because you deserve it. <laughs> I don't know how you deal no, no, with this uh, joker uh, all the time. 100%. <laughs> exactly. Look, look you, you know this, and we've only been kind of friends for a short period of time. It's not easy to be my friend. Imagine dating me for well over a decade. This woman yeah. is like Mother Teresa. She's a saint. <laughs> There's a special place in heaven. I meditate. I meditate a lot. <laughs> no, no. So that being said, the, the the fact that like it's difficult to be with me anytime now post post stroke that I'm a little bit too too Joe mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's like oh my god I, I'm not even upset about it I'm just like you know what you chose this you had an opportunity to leave me in the hospital I wouldn't have known any better I would have just woken up and been like oh I guess this is my life now Aww. she allowed this to happen no. I I hold no blame. For any of this, it's a hundred percent her fault. I always say, like, when I when I hear that 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 those stories of people that get that the spouse leaves in the middle of like them having cancer or like yeah. stroke or something Rough. big, I'm just like, ha- I mean, for me, it strengthened um, our relationship in that I realized really that the time we were going through a lot, like it was a really difficult time. It was, it was rough. We were struggling financially. Like there was a lot going on, um, and just really hustling. It wasn't even that struggling mm-hmm. fight. It was just hustling. Yeah, it was a constant, real hustle. It was a constant. There was, it was, there a, was a lot of hustle comfort. time. It wasn't mm-hmm. comfortable. And I was incredibly busy. And then we had the stroke and I literally, everything stopped for like a month. Like, And I realized that, wow, like really we have to put things in perspective. Like yeah. there's nothing that's too important than our, than our well-being and our health. Yes. Like, and, and you got to, you know, um, prioritize, not even allocate, but prioritize, you know, enjoying life and enjoying the people in your life. And that's what, that moment really, like, really I realized, oh, wow, there was nothing so important that I couldn't just yeah. drop everything. Right. Like, yeah. everything stopped. And, yeah. and and it had to stop to, to, to you know, be there um, for him. And, and I don't know if you had I, this yeah. perspective, but for me, I, before my stroke, I felt like everything I was doing was just so important. And like, I just had to keep doing it. And it had so much impact and meaning on everything. And then I was out of work for four months. And guess what? The hospital kept working. 
<laughs> like they didn't need me. You know what I mean? But that just puts yeah. into perspective that work is work. Hustle is hustle. Yeah, you need some food on the table. But even if you can't get food on the table, we have a great food pantry here. Life go- is going to go on. I literally just listened to, I literally right before this, just was listening to the part in For Our Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Where mm. He's talking, he's reading some sections. I'm listening to the Audible. Yeah, um, I like, I started listening I read, to that book too. I can't too. read books. I can't read books anymore because of Audible. But anyway. <laughs> Who reads books? I, I mean, I read I, books. You listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love books. Anyway, me too. Don't get me into my book collection. <laughs> we could um, go a long way with that. He said that, yeah, he said to do an exercise of dropping all the little mundane tasks, like busy work tasks, mm-hmm. and let things blow up. Like, see what happens. Try it for a week. And what will happen is, yeah, there might be a few little small fires to put out, but watch the big tasks and priority things that you're going to get done. Or experiences, because that's the big thing about four. It's not just getting tasks. It's like also the experiences that you'll have. You'll go to a nicer dinner. You know, mm-hmm. he was even talking about like prioritize having a nice dinner once a week, having a nice like long. Apparently, I didn't know this study was done. If you have like a two to three hour like meal per week um, or twice a week, like that helps with your well being. Like 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 a brunch. Like, of on course, Sunday, it would. Friday dinner, because you get amazing like, oh, wine for the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, sounds horrible. I'd be whining if somebody brought me rotten grape juice. Are you kidding me? You would whine no matter what we had. I would. I would. Look, I I, I tell people all the time, like, prioritize now. Normies out there, when I tell them about my stroke, they're like, I'm like, look, do the things now to take care of yourself where you're like, well, you know, meditate. Meditate every day. Slow your thoughts. Make sure you're in a good place. I just don't have time. Like, look, make time now. Yeah. You do have time. Make time now or it's going to be made for you. Mm-hmm. Like it's much better now to prepare for everything, take a step back, make sure everything's smooth or it's just going to it's just going to take over and it's just going to be a thing and you're going to be in a hospital yep. and then all the other stuff is just going to, you know, it's going to work itself out anyway, so why not do it now where you can actually control it? Really exactly. figure out your why. Like why like we do a lot of things every day, but what's your why? Why are you doing it? Like like if you don't have a why, and I think that having a, a, a life-threatening experience makes you realize, yeah, I really need to figure out why. Why am I here? Like, yes, there's all these things I gotta do or want to do. Want to. Really, really, we don't need to do anything. We need to be. We need to be human beings, not human beings. Mm-hmm. And um, love just, that. just yeah, figure out why you're here, and then that makes it easier to say. I'm going to not answer email after this time. I'm not going to, I'm going to take time to go and just be with my loved ones and enjoy and bask. And that recharges you. And then you can get to those things that you want to do mm-hmm. you know, when it's, when it's time. Right. But yeah, so, that's what really hit me. Yeah. And it's really cool, Felice, that you share that understanding. Cause I think a lot of brain injury people who are on a path like Joe and I of really getting like, ultimate wellness and not just like getting through the motions of every day. Um, you know, we get that. Um, but it's interesting to hear that caregivers also, you know, through their experience of having to care for someone through this, get that same type of perspective. Um, I was just talking yeah. to, um, Tyann of brain injury awareness. Do you guys know her? Um, she's, uh, they, they're an amazing awareness group, education and awareness in Utah. Um, just connecting survivors to resources and educating providers on what it is to have a brain injury. 
Um, and she brought up the same thing. You know, she's involved with this because her son had a brain injury and it caught it caused her to change how she was a mom like down at her core um, because you can't plan things the same way you can't be the mom that has every pta thing done and every you know ride share and snack and blah 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 blah. you have to reprioritize um so it's a skill that i think makes us all stronger in life and a skill that some may choose to pick up on their own but i think most have gone through some sort of tragedy or trauma to get there it's terrible that it takes that you know Mm -hmm. Um, even for us for you and i i think you and i we have a different perspective on life Mm -hmm. i think we appreciate things a hell of a lot more than your average everyday normie um and then i always think back like when i talk to certain people and they're like wow why did it take you almost dying for you to be this energetic about life and everything i'm like i don't know i just i i I hope that nobody else has to go through that you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i hope other people don't have to have their brain explode and then come back on the other side being like, you know what? Life is precious and I love it. I'm going to take some right. step back and enjoy some things. I know. know like, it, can't it, you guys it, just it learn from us? <laughs> you don't have to yeah, do it. would be cool. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, speaking of caregivers, Felice isn't like your normal caregiver because you mentioned like relationships. It really sucks. It yeah. does that we're uncommon. Yeah. Like this, what our dynamic isn't the norm, you know, and, and Felice can, can uh, uh, say this because I did, I was in a bed. And I had short-term memory loss. I remember any of this stuff. But people were telling her, wow, it's so great that you stood. Mm-hmm. That's an insane thing to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, it's like, hey, this person that you've been with for years and years has this medical thing that happened. And wow, it's amazing that you stood through that. It's like, wait, what? Like, why is it amazing? Isn't it mm-hmm. just, shouldn't that just be the baseline? That's my love. And my love had something happen. And I'm there for my love. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And the more and more I talk to people in the community, so many divorces, so many people just leave, family mm-hmm. members even, mm-hmm. you know, where it's too much, where they just walk and mm-hmm. it, it's shocking. So I, Felice isn't your average everyday fellow. <laughs> I think that also you kind of, you kind of, um, it's a, not to, not to say if there aren't a lot of people there, it's a, t- I'm going to preface this with saying I'm not putting down anybody that doesn't have a lot of people in the hospital while they're in the hospital dealing with the thing. But, and, I'm not going to say but, and. <laughs> Joe, I, I, what I was really blown away with is a testament to Joe's character and who he is as a friend to other people because we were never alone in the hospital. I mean, literally, we had some friends that, we have one friend, Ricky, who literally was there every, almost every single day. And at the time, his daughter was like one or two and he would just bring the baby with him. And I think, I don't know if he was putting off sessions. He's a musician and a producer. <laughs> but he was there. Like, dude. every day. And then not just him, but, like, I, I'm not going to go down. Sorry, anybody I didn't mention. I mentioned Ricky. I, I can't even go down the line of everybody because there was so many people that were there. Or, or people that just, you know, were not acquaintances, but, like, I didn't realize with that, that, that friend, like, we realized how deep our friendships were with people. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the outpouring of people that just stayed and just for hours just hung out in the waiting room just to come, be able to come in and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. We're friends that we have one friend, Mateo, who came at like one in the morning one time to just talk <laughs> with him and, you know, because he was coming from a session. Cause we have a lot of, I mean, Where was he good. when you oh, went out of the hospital in the middle of the night? You needed him. Well, I, I know where he was. He was in the studio smoking weed. That's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, 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 that is still the, like, 
it's that's still the bane of my uh, not a bane just but just that I'm just so it's so upset that that happened because we were there every day like I slept every, almost every day at the mm-hmm. hospital somebody was always there with him and it was just when he got into rehab the facility he was in um, just we couldn't was the be worst. there it was the worst and yeah. we couldn't be there we've already had a whole thing with that so we won't go into that's a whole nother story whole but um, <laughs> yeah like I, I just the the people that were were with with us while we were there I'm just I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I know what it is mm-hmm. I'm pretty amazing I'm gonna say that I'm tell pretty you. amazing too no I'm just kidding uh, but, but yeah Joe rocks woo even, <laughs> even, the friends, even the friends like that came in and like while I was cause we're talking about caregivers but then like caregivers to the caregivers right like, mm-hmm. while the support I was, that you had too yeah while mm-hmm. I was in there like m- one of my friends Jennifer um she literally, I remember, would just call me in the morning, like, have you eaten yet? Let me bring you some coffee. Let me come over. And she would just bring me stuff. And I remember, I think she brought me, like, a whole bag of, like, food and stuff, like, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a cold thing that I could, like, keep it there so I could Aww. have food. Because like, there was no fridge. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I didn't want to leave. And so, like, just, there's just things that people did that just, I couldn't even think of. And it was just so, so really kind If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. And a quick shout out to our sponsor, Headache Nutritionist. Be sure to check her out at www.headachenutritionist.com. Generous sponsors like Susanna and donations are what keep us on air. Thank you. I think it all comes back to the fact that you were there, that you stood there. You know, you didn't have to. And I, and I, I say this, like for you, there was no option. Like, of course. What do you mean? I had, I. Right. You had to be there. You didn't have to, but like you, you were like, there's no choice. It's too many people. They just, they make the opposite choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, I don't well, want to do just, this. This is too yeah. much. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. It's level of commitment um, is one thing. And I, I must say, you know, I don't have, Troy is not comfortable being on podcasts and that's, that's him. That's great. That's, but he's an amazing caregiver. Um, so I do not want to preface and make it seem like I don't have that experience, but I think you know, what happens is it does test your relationship in a way because you are one person one day and then in a split second, you're somebody else. Brand new. Uh-huh. It's, it's I... the strangest thing because, you know, it, it you can go one or two ways as well. You know, Felice could have left. She could have just been the yeah, answer too much. She didn't. And then me, I could have been like, well, I'm just going to go back to doing the exact same things I did, mm-hmm. you know? And I, 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 he I didn't. He was changed. He was really changed. It almost killed me. It mm-hmm. almost killed me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say before Joe's stroke, Joe was always like, you know, a great friend and fun. But Joe was, he was really like just negative. Yeah. He didn't believe he could even meditate. No. He was like, you know, he just. <laughs> He just was very pessimistic and negative, and it was he wasn't going down a good path. No, I, I was not. So, I wasn't living. I, I was struggling. I was really depressed. I was really anxious, and not just like oh, well, this patch. No, like literally, my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've been depressed since I was like 
six years old. I didn't realize that until I started going to ther- therapy after my stroke. Where all and he wasn't this, willing to do that. Before no, I wasn't willing to do that because I didn't mm-hmm. think anything. It was a way, you know, we're all products of our upbringing, right? Yep. My upbringing wasn't correct. I mean, she did the best. My mom did the best that she could, but she didn't yep. really make the the right decisions, right? So. Right. Um, now I'm an adult, I'm trying, I, I understand now, oh, I can make different decisions. So mm-hmm. she did something that didn't work for me and that made this happen. I can now do something different to change that. So that's what I did. Also, not just for me, but for, you know, Felice. I mean, she went through all the shit that she, sorry. It's all <laughs> right. Curse. All, My the, bad. Yeah. <laughs> all of the things. We can have a few here and there. <laughs> Ignorant Joe knowing three words and two of them are curses. So, um, you know, she just... All the stuff that she went through, like to, and I'm just gonna go back to doing these other things and, and give her more stress. I was like, no, I, I literally took a step back and I fundamentally changed everything about my life. Everything, you know, the way that I thought, the way that I function, the way that I think, the way that I eat. You know, I, I did that not just for me, but because I have this amazing caregiver over here who's going out of her way to take care of my idiot self. You know, it was a, uh, I think it was a group effort. It wasn't just me because uh, while you were, you know, uh, um, changing the way that you function around me. I was changing the way I function around you. And then we just kind of like, you know, our dynamic changed. But I think mm-hmm. not in a negative way. I think in a, in a really good way. I think, you know, that really, and I wanted to say this before, and I'm glad you brought that back up about like how these contrasting situations in our lives changes. I think that, you know, not everybody has the same experience. Sometimes they have an experience like this and it really um, disrupts their life. Their life was already on a trajectory and they were good. And this now this... Like they have a stroke and it's like, what, what happened? So that's another experience. Mm-hmm. And there, however, I think in every, every time something like this happens first, we have to like, kind of try to figure out for Joe, it was more clear because he, sure. he needed to make a change. Absolutely. We got to figure out what is the purpose of this contrast in our life? Why is this happening? And by contrast, I mean like it's contrasting from what we want. So in our life, the trajectory that we want in our life. So why is this happening? What quote, like a wake up call? Why is this happening? And I think that, when you mentioned like, you know, you've been depressed since you were little because yeah. of the way you were raised. I think that, you know, people talk a lot about generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I like to switch it to generational wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think that every generation is going through things and some of it's horrific. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like horrific, like Holocaust, like slavery, like mm-hmm. right. all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and we call, and, and mm-hmm. call that generational trauma. And I would and not to not to downplay the trauma. However, I think that there's a wisdom that comes out of the trauma yes. that it is our duty by going through these experiences to alchemize that into and knowing and understanding and pass it on to our children. Yes. So now, like, now, like, you know, I do. And now when we have kids, they're not going to go through the same. We stuff. would like we would like to pass it on to them so yeah. that they can now move forward and press the next generations yep. forward. So. We don't always have to start from zero or, no, or exactly. you know, like it's every the ebbs time and forms. I, I totally yeah. get it. And I totally agree with you. It's like the world goes in these ebbs and flows. Every generation has their thing that either shakes you or it makes you better. Right. Um, or it right. might shake you and make you better. Um, and, and that's without, the goal, I think, is to shake and better. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. And you have those that sink and those that swim. So... It's kind of survival well, even, of the fittest type idea. Like you kind of got to go through that, these things. I, I think that, yes, yeah, sink or swim. The one that's worse for me because I did it my, basically my entire life. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't even sinking or swimming. I was just treading water. 
Mm. I didn't do anything different. You know, mm-hmm. I was following the exact same path that my mother yes. you know, was on when she, and then in turn, she was on the exact same path that her mother was on and so on and so forth. At some point, one of us had to break the cycle. It just yeah. happened to be me because I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't How for my stroke, you? you know, I, I <laughs> so, so my stroke, I remember one of my first blogs is, uh, um, I wrote, uh, it was the stroke that saved my life because mm-hmm. it did, it didn't, it didn't take, it took the bad things away. You know, look, I can do without the shorts of memory loss. I can do without the issues with my hand, but it gave me so much more. I've lived more life in the past five years than I did in the 39 prior. Mm-hmm. So it, it really, it, it changed my life. I had to break that cycle. If not, I would be like my siblings. I would mm-hmm. be like my mom who are every single day living the definition of insanity. They're doing the exact same thing and expecting a different result. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't want to do that. I mm-hmm. did have help though. I didn't get there by myself. I wouldn't know how to do any of this stuff if it wasn't for police. Really, mm-hmm. like she, she's helped me meditate. She's helped me become the best version of myself, you know, like it, it's, I, I didn't know that's, that's the thing. I just didn't know that these things were possible. I didn't know that these were things that you can do. I didn't know mm-hmm. life was supposed to be amazing to live, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, mm-hmm. that's what she, she brought to me. And I brought her a, a, a lot of headaches and chaos and annoyances <laughs> and inappropriate <laughs> jokes. So it's even right. I mean, it's even. <laughs> and random girls calling him in the middle of the night crying like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she's totally cool with it. <laughs> that you know what? That that's, that's one thing that like I didn't realize because I was raised by all women. I mm-hmm. never had like a male figure in my life until I met Felice's father. That was like literally it, right? So it, it was always women. So I didn't think it was weird that ninety nine percent of the people I talked to were women until like once somebody made a comment, I was like, Wait, why is that weird? And then I started thinking, I was like, Oh my god, that is a little bit weird that everybody I talked to, all of my friends are female. And then I started thinking, wow, like we have such a cool relationship that first off, she doesn't give me any issues with it. Secondly, I didn't even think that it was weird. I didn't even realize that like I only <laughs> talked to women because it's like, oh yeah, this is just my baseline, you know? My thing is I'm not, I'm not a jealous person because... I look, my, look at you. Of course thing, you're not. <laughs> I'm batting out of my league and I know that. <laughs> my thing, my thing is, and, and we were talking before we started recording about... Um, insecure and i was saying that i gotta get back into it it's but a good show stopped me from watching it was the cheating in the second in the first season into the second season and my thing about um i just don't like i, I just don't i just don't subscribe to drama mm-hmm. in relationships like that mm-hmm. like I, I remember i had a i had a friend back in the day i shouldn't say well a former friend who ended up parting ways she literally fed on drama she was married and just was not happy and so decided to start cheating and this and that and I couldn't mm-hmm. deal with her anymore I'm just like at a certain point either leave or stay but why do you want to keep doing this in between thing and so for me like I me and Joe have an understanding like not like I mean I think everybody does in the relationship you're not supposed to cheat on each other unless you have an open <laughs> yeah, relationship yeah. Here's which the is understanding. cool yeah swing, some people cool. do that but, but. <laughs> and that's true. cool as long as there's an agreement and so yeah. like my thing is like Joe like if Joe wanted to go do something else with all his female friends, like I'd be like, okay, go do that. And you know, we can part ways. Yeah, like, go live your life. like, but I like, and same thing for me. Like if I'm feeling like, if you're feeling like it's time to start doing something else with somebody else, then it's time to just go. Yeah, it's time. Like, yeah. don't, it's don't, time to like, call the don't, relationship. Yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do this. So for me, there's no jealousy. Like it's so weird exactly. to me. And I I'm don't want to judge way. anybody, but it's just so weird to me when people are like, oh yeah, that girl was talking to my man and blah, blah. I'm like, I really 
Some people, for whatever reason, need that in their life. They need that energy and that drive and that craziness. I I can't do it. Yeah, probably. Probably it is. Yeah, it comes back back to that. (laughs) I think it all all goes to show a couple things, like how much we need good communication in a relationship, um, especially with something tragic, um, especially where one partner turns into a different person literally like that. Um, like overnight. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of insane. And like, you know, for me, like I had my stroke, I had to deal with that, but it was a little bit easier because it was me and I could figure that out. For poor Troy, he gets sent home. He wasn't allowed in the hospital with me. It was during COVID. I was by myself. Oh. He had no clue what was coming home to him, um, except who, the two seconds I could tolerate being on the phone because my head hurt so bad I couldn't talk on the phone or do anything. So here's this crazy girl coming in, you know, this, I used to be so inward and quiet and so poised and put together. And I come home and I'm like, here I am. (laughs) And Troy's like, who is this psycho person? Um, But it takes that communication and that give and take and that being willing to understand someone and stick with them through thick or thin. Like it really is a commitment. Um, If you're going to make it. Yeah. Any relationship is a commitment, but this is truly like poor Troy. He he had to commit um, well, yeah, to the it, committed. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it's at a certain point, it's like, dude, we, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't sign up for this. You know, mm-hmm. that's why Like, I feel. But yet they like, did. Because like, yeah, they love yes. us. True, true. But like every once in a while when I'm having like one of those days, I'll just like be pissy and I'll be in a room and I'll just be like, you should just left me in the hospital because, you know, you have like the, mm-hmm. that brief pity Oh, party. I've had that. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I think uh, uh, co- communication is real key. Also for us, we have to be, um, we have to communicate what's going on with us. And we had a, a, not even a situation, an incident around Thanksgiving. We were cooking. Uh, Felice's brother was in town with his wife and we were doing like a early, a week before Thanksgiving, before the, the Thanksgiving uh, with them. And I had a brain thing and, you know, I present really well. It's annoying, but I present really well because I'm very vain. Who knew, right? Looking like this and vain. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like when I have a brain thing, when I have my short-term memory kicks in, when my hand tremors. I don't like to show any of that stuff because vanity. So I even do it with Felice, and I didn't realize how much I was doing it until I had a brain thing. We were cooking and prepping the turkey, and she told me to wash the turkey. And she's like, oh, wash the turkey it didn't click. It made no sense to me because I was having, I've, we've done this for a decade. All the and time. I like, wait, this I, happens all the time. Like, I don't know. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow, what, what, wait, what do you mean wash the turkey? And she's literally looking at me like, what, what do you mean? What do I mean? Just wash the turkey. Like we always do. And for a split second, I was so upset. Yes. I was so mad at her. Oh, I get that. I was so angry mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm asking a question and you're just brushing me off. And I was like really pissed off. And then a split second later, I was like, course she did you don't tell her when you have these moments you hide them mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. pretend that something else happens so of course she doesn't know this stuff so then i figured it out like a minute later but it was like that brief batch of time where i was like dude i painted myself into a corner here by mm-hmm. not being honest by not communicating so mm-hmm. I'm, my side of the relationship is struggling because i'm not being completely honest with mm-hmm. myself let alone my significant other so i can't be upset with her for doing that and brushing me off because she's not because she, in her head, everything is fine. And I'm just being like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? Crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Because I wasn't being honest. So I think once I told, we talked about it. Was it that day or was it 
No, it wasn't. We did a podcast together maybe a couple weeks later. We processed. We, we, yeah, we processed on the podcast, yeah. which was great. Where I explained, I was like, yeah, I was really upset. And I, you know, it was this and that. And I painted myself in the corner. And I was really mad. But it was really nice to be able to say that and for her to be yeah. like, wow. And she said something that really, you know, it, I, it broke me where I started to cry. Because I cry all the time, Aaron. Uh, I do. I'm a very emotional guy. I'm a cancer. <sighs> I was raised by women. I cry every day. I'm like, I cry commercials. It's, it's a problem. So it's the pressure valve said, release. <laughs> it, it really mm-hmm. is. And my pressure valve is constantly releasing on a day-to-day basis. So Me too. She said, you know, even I forget that you have a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. And it's true because I don't show anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I really just kind of like, again, stupid vanity. Like, I don't show. So I was like, oh, wow. She's like, yeah, you present so well, even at home. Where mm-hmm. I forget that you have a brain injury because you function so well. And I was like, damn. So yeah. I had to shift and change the way that I communicate and share the things. So she understands that, yeah, I kind of look like I'm killing it. But inside, I'm hanging on by a thread. Yep. So, you know, I think once we did that, I think that, like, our dynamic changed. We got a little bit closer even after that. Where it was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you, you are, let's be honest, kind of killing it, right? But you still struggle with these things, you know, and mm-hmm. I think we've adapted. It's just it's a, it's subtle little little changes, you know, yeah. and those little changes make the biggest difference. But yeah. it comes down to communication. Our communication is significantly better now. It's not perfect, but it's significantly better. You're not perfect. What? That's why I had you on. <laughs> I mean, I am. <laughs> I think that's so rocks. um, Yeah. I think that's uh, the other side of it is um, while being compassionate and empathetic to the partner who's had the brain injury or trauma or, you know, life changing experience in their life, it's also helpful to be able to communicate, like you just said, and gain understanding from their side as well to the caregiver or supporter, you know more support person you know mm-hmm. like understand like it's 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 tough for me too um and and that in acknowledging that on our side because sometimes we can get our our struggle with the whole or chat or challenge with the whole situation can be you know overseen a little bit because it's like i had the brain injury not me but the other person i right. had the brain injury right. you, you're you're you know but it's 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 so having that reciprocation it's, of, it's a thankless of empathy, it's a thankless job Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. 
through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M O T U S N O V A dot com slash making headway. And, and I mean that. And it, how, it how really many is. days have people been like, oh, Troy, how's Aaron doing? Well, who's asking Troy, it's, Troy, how are you doing? How are, how are you doing? Yeah. I say it all the time. All the caregivers out there, they need care. They need mm-hmm. understanding too. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I try to connect as many caregivers with other caregivers, which is wild because, you know, I have that, that thing that I do every single day of my life, Operation Brain Buddy, where mm-hmm. if everybody connect, where I reach out to a stranger every single day because I'm a psychopath. Which, well, I, I'm glad that's coming up on this show because listeners, Joe is a psychopath and he will reach out to you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just kidding. Don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. He's not scary. Nice it's a guy. good thing. It's a good I, thing. I am. He's not hitting I on you. I look like an insane person. <laughs> I'm not. Which is so weird. I get it, though, because I'm like a dude. I think this guy's hitting on me. Look at my significant other. I am not hitting on you. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so I have so many survivors in the community that I've connected literally around the world. And I just have like loads and loads of people. There are a handful if that, of caregivers and caretakers that I connect because there's not very many of them, you know? There are people Mm -hmm. that live with survivors. There are people, you know what I mean? There are people that just live in the same household. There aren't many caregivers out there. There aren't. I only know, out of all the people that I talk to, a handful, which is really sad to me. Well, and let's bring up another point, is that a lot of females are the ones having brain injuries and being willing to talk about it. There's many men that have it, but they're not reaching out for help. So now oh, yeah, think of think of the traditional female male paradigm, right? Females are raised literally from the womb to care for people. Like that's what females are supposed to do, right? But who's raising men Women to work. do that? <laughs> oh, shut true. up. That's true. But people <laughs> men and then you're and then you're having a female person who has a brain injury with a male caregiver, but they are not raised to be caregivers they're not raised to reach out they're not raised to want to get help or to understand that help exists you know to them that's a weakness you know little boys are don't fall down and cry get up keep going pull up you know just keep playing the sports keep pushing through the pain so yes there are caregivers out there but we almost need like a bar for all our husbands to get together where it's not a caregiver support group it's just them out having a beer and life would be great (laughs) It, it, it would be, it would be like, I, I really wish that more dudes would be a little bit more open. The only guy that I actually talk to regularly is Tymeek. Hmm. Tymeek is, and I actually got to meet him in person. That was a big thing. It was like, I was like looking at them, talking to each other. I'm like, and he was talking about his experience. I'm like, you guys like have the same experience. Not the same, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was so very similar because he's, he's very similar. He's very athletic like Joe and. Very similar. Um, we're we're both very attractive men. Deficits and things like that. No, no. Mention how attractive we both wow. are. Wow. But but something that <laughs> something that I something that I think for the women that are um, that are caregivers, because like you said, um, women who are brain injury survivors tend to be looking for support mm-hmm. out there more so than um, men for who sure. have brain injuries. But the women who are 
caregivers or partners or, you know, whatever you want to be called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think sometimes it feels like I, I caregiver is the word, but sometimes it feels like, um, like you're, like you're, like it's like an old person. Like in a, in a yeah. Home and it feels like it has like you a know? limited time, right? Like you're a caregiver while yeah. they're in the hospital, but then once life is back yeah. to normal, you're not a caregiver. You're just their wife <laughs> or and they're still, significant and, and, but, it's, but you're still caring for them. So, but like the partners mm-hmm. of somebody who's had a brain injury, let's just say that that's too long of a title. Um, we get so in tunnel in tunnel vision of, of about the care, especially in the early stages of recovery, oh, yeah. that we don't reach out. Well, we don't even can't even think about reaching out yeah. so much to the point that like we have a friend, um, Nicole. We have a couple friends, Nicole and Thomas. Um, I've known Nicole since she was like I don't know, fifteen, whatever. I'm a little bit older than her. And she, um, I remember right before Joe had his stroke, she had a just gotten married and it was like they didn't know each other that long so it was like oh she's married oh, okay and didn't have time to process and she had he had a full we did at the time because we, we weren't aware of brain injuries and stuff mm. we just knew he had brain some brain, some brain thing happened thing. and he needed surgery it wasn't a stroke it was some brain it was it was an avi mm. multiple, multiple AVM, but we didn't know at the time what that was so that was like literally like a month or two before joe had a stroke joe had a stroke and i hadn't had time to catch up with her so I just went into deep mode with him. Didn't even tell her what was going on. I'm very close mm-hmm. to her uncle. Her uncle plays guitar with me. Um, and so her uncle was involved with what was going on with Joe. But there was no communication no. of like what she was going through and what we were going through. So literally like three years later, and not that we hadn't talked to each other in three years, but three years later, yeah. we finally realized. Like talk, talked. Yeah. Wait a minute. Cause because of that, we had, a, we had like a delay in all of us really getting to know each other because she had just gotten with him and we had, and she knew Joe, but had really introduced her husband to, to right, us, to Joe. Him. And so literally, like, three years later, it was like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. What was that thing that happened to your husband? Oh, wait. It was AVMs? What? You know, Joe has a podcast about brain injury. That's what he did after. Wait, oh, really? What? And then we got together. Mm-hmm. They had, like, the long, they had, their episode, you can, it's like a two-part, not like, it's, it's, it's a two-part, two like, <laughs> episode. And each episode's like an hour to an hour and a half. Like, it's one of our longest it, it was string of episodes. And then he was on another episode. But Thomas, like, they, Joe and Thomas had, like, the most amazing um, experience talking to each other on the show. But while we were talking on the show. Even more me magical. And Nicole, maybe we should record that one day. Yeah, Me and Nicole should. were talking. Yeah, why haven't we done such a... Uh, take Joe out of... Look, a non-making headway. No, we'll, we'll bring no, you on. No, we oh, educate the people. No, no, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we educate we'll the people. With no Joe, just me and, just me and Nicole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like, like ba- basically, like, we had our own episode that was not recorded where we were just going, like, wow, you had to deal with that, too? That happened to you, too? Because he, mm-hmm. her husband's young as well. Like, they were, they're about the same age. Yeah. So, and so it was like, oh, that happened to you? That happened to you? Oh, yeah, that happened to me. And it was like, yeah, they were yeah. finding support. Like, we're very similar in how we supported them. It, through it was it. Like, such a wild time too. That episode in particular is it might be my favorite episode ever because it was I'll so genuine. I notes. just met this dude. Yeah, I literally I just met this dude, and we had the greatest conversation. Of basically, I'm welcoming welcoming him into this community where he was struggling alone, trying to figure some stuff out. Because again, mm-hmm. after a brain, anything you're in a new body. You're in a new brain. You don't understand, and other people can't understand. So I'm, you know, figuring that stuff out. And while this amazing connection is happening in the other room, Felice with our friend Nicole, are she's having the most support that she's had up until that point with someone else who's going through the exact same thing. It was just this mm-hmm. like magical moment in time for mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
That's it's yeah, so, that's it's, Troy's it's really... weekly bar thing with Nat, Mariah's husband. They go out to the bar and they just I don't even know what they talk about. I don't need to know, but they get it and they're able to support each oh, other Mariah? in that way. Me and Mariah, we go back like babies and pacifiers. Oh. Every episode. I'm gonna hit that. We, I'm no, hit that every episode. We Why about that? Dad I don't <laughs> need the Rugrats image of you guys toddling around in little diapers. That's just weird. It's that that's something that I think is much more needed. I think caregivers mm-hmm. need to connect and speak more, you know? It's it's helpful. You know, it's Have just you like, guys look, found look, anything? You Have you found a way to do that? Mm-hmm. Is there no, anything out there? Because there's not very many. There's not very many characters well, we out actually, there. We actually, yeah. in the Uso Rock group on Facebook, um, it's open to caregivers. So there are some caregivers on there, and mm-hmm. we are going to be um, really overhauling that whole group. Not overhauling it, but like revamping. Re- not even revamping, like charging it up. <laughs> yes. We're going to be doing a lot more content and stuff on there. So one of the pieces of content that we're going to definitely be. Um, uh, putting out regularly is caregiver support like yeah, stuff it's like, necessary. like articles yeah. like things like that just to get the caregivers in the group talking more you know if we um, can if we can do that i really feel not just for the people who have already had brain injuries but if we put things in place now if we have support for caregivers hopefully the hope is for me because i think very grandiose like in the future that there will be things put in place for caregivers when their significant others or family members or whatever have a brain injury yes that will help them along the way so maybe they're less likely to bounce they're less likely yes. to leave they'll stick around because they feel less overwhelmed and supported where i understand if there's nothing in place what what where are you, do you doing go? like i are, know like we can yeah, sit here exactly. and preach all day long and be like you need to get support but if you don't have a place to go to get support then that's that's tough yeah. so you know right. you, caregivers you guys have friends in us um and making headway and neuro nerds um you guys have some support groups that you do. I know the Brain Injury um, Association of America has um, different state chapters. And my state, New Hampshire, has a caregiver support group that's free. And now everything's virtual. So you can just go on. Um, I can put that in the show notes, too, of when it is. And anyone can join from any state. Uh, Massachusetts has a lot of good ones. Um, so you just they're out there. But it requires yeah. some looking. And not every state has a good brain injury association unfortunately that's true but that's what's beautiful about this what we're Mm -hmm. doing right now you Mm -hmm. know you and i are basically in the exact same room we're not we're in different Mm -hmm. parts of the country right we're having this amazing conversation connecting and we do this frequently like we do this often right so i mean you can do that it doesn't matter from what state what part of the world you're in you can find support and it can feel like we are in the exact same room just do it it's essential if you don't think you need the support either as a survivor or a caregiver, trust me, you do. Mm-hmm. We speak, the, I say it for us in our community, right? We speak the same language. You and I, when we talk and you mention certain things, it's like, oh yeah, clearly I understand that. And, you know, I, I understand you. I hear mm-hmm. you. Caregivers, it's the same thing. There's certain things that a caregiver can say to another caregiver that only a caregiver would understand. So why would you not want to connect with another caregiver? Right. Hey, Making Headway listeners, Susanna here from Headache Nutritionist. I know you're already aware of the power that what you eat has on your brain health, but did you also know that when you eat is equally as powerful? Focusing on this has shifted my chronic daily headaches and episodic migraine to become almost non-existent. I am now three and a half years completely migraine-free. To find out more, 
Attend my free 50-minute training, say goodbye to persistent headaches at www.headacheshandled.com forward slash training. I think that um, I think that also just in terms of just self-care for caregivers. Self-care, mm-hmm. <laughs> Self-care is important I, because, yeah, if you're on call 24-7, you need help. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that remembering to do that, like while Joe, something that, that really came out of Joe's um, stroke event, stroke experience, is that we both um, really, Joe started at meditation practice and I strengthened mine because I was, for years I was working on mindset and really working on um, uh, cognitive behavioral te- uh, techniques to really help with, um, you know, the, uh, what I love, um, there's this uh, writer, uh, coach, creative coach, um, but he has a book called Bango Blues, and the Bango that Blues that artists get and things like that, um, I always had struggles with that, and I was always working on um, creating, you know, really meaningful, um, effect, like effective daily, t- you know, habits that would help with that. Right. And um, when I say effective, I mean like that it's really, that I'm really able to shift my, my, my thinking, um, you know, from day to day, because life is always going to have challenges that pop up. We're not trying to get rid of challenges. We're trying to work on how we um, react, that we don't react, that we are able to right. process it um, in a in a mindful way, and Joe's experience really helped me with that um, in a way like never before. Like I remember, I went into like a place of like re- I was having a talk with one of my friends who really understands how important it is mindfulness and meditation. While he was in the hospital, we were talking while he was laying there with the shunt in his, his head, um, and I was going, you know, this is this is all happening for a reason. It's all it's mm-hmm. all it's, it's all going to be okay working out and I kept feeling that way and people would tell me watch out I mean you don't you I feel like you shouldn't say this to somebody I know they were trying to prepare me but they're like it's going to be really hard he's going to yeah. be like they try know, to scare you into it you're going to yeah. need to put him in a home it's going to mm-hmm. be really like people were telling me that you're going to need to put him in a home this and that and I was like and but I kept meditating and I, and I kept just staying in a feel good like while even though there was a lot of stuff that was distressing Breathing and going, everything in life happens for a reason. That's how the universe works. Everything happens for a reason. We're, we're, we're experiencing life, seeing life. This is a journey. It's not going to go perfect every moment. And it's, there's, these are teaching moments. And I just kept that in mind. And um, I really feel that, that that helped the outcome of the whole thing. Um, I mean, you know, whether you're religious or spiritual or whatever, I, I, I think that really the way that you feel and think during, um, you know, hard times or challenging times really does affect the outcome. And just staying in a positive space, really, like, that's my number one tip for anybody who is a partner, caregiver, somebody who has, um, you know, a health um, emergency like this, um, is just try to just, even though, yeah, try to feel good through the, I know that sounds crazy because it's like, how are you? Yeah. Where I literally had a calm come over me where, like what we were talking about earlier, that you can't, um, that you, you realize that nothing really, all those things that seemed important are important. You also 
for me, I came to a point of like, yeah, all those things were important and can't get worse than this like like you know like like, come at me world (laughs) nothing else is gonna get me and even and even if it does get quote worse than this it's yeah okay like you're yeah it's gonna be okay right it's gonna be i love how you said that you know it can't get worse than this and the universe is like really hold my beer and that's that's okay like (laughs) that's okay it's like but the it's more that you resist mindset. It, the more painful it is. And it, it sounds 100%. like, Felice, like you had a lot of those skills kind of already starting and then they get to be put to test through this. Um, yes. You know, there are some people who don't, you know, that the wake up call is that they need to start developing these skills. But that's the good thing is that regardless of where you are right now in your life, if you have a stroke or some tragedy tomorrow or you don't, you, it's never too late to start. start you can working. always start. start yeah. Self-work is really, really important. And I think that's where also, like, when we talk about, like, those situations where somebody just leaves somebody mm-hmm. when, they, when an emergency happens, that, I think, won't happen as much if you've been already asking yourself questions daily. Like, right. talk to yourself. Not talk to yourself. Like, but talk, <laughs> talk to yourself. I mean, you can. <laughs> really have, have that inner dialogue, the inner inquiry. I, and I'm, I'm messing up the room for getting all these people there was this doctor that I just was listening to. Was it Oz? Was Dr. Oz? Uh, was it Dr. Phil? At least I have anyway, a feeling we listen to the same thing. So <laughs> he's talking about uh, the inner, doing the inner, I think it's called an inner inquiry or um, yeah, inner inquiry. I might be saying that the wrong way, but basically ask yourself questions. Like, how am I feeling about my relationship? Like mm-hmm. do that before an emergency right. happens. Mm-hmm. Know mm-hmm. how you feel right now. Because mm-hmm. if you're leaving somebody that you said that you loved unconditionally because they just had a conditional situation happen to them, right. then you didn't really, and that's okay. Right. Like you didn't right. really, you weren't mm-hmm. really unconditionally in it. And it's, that's okay. Uh, but it's nicer to realize that before the conditional situation happens. Right. It so they're not easier. less hanging by themselves. It would be easier for both yeah. of you. Yeah. It's yeah. easier. Also, There's better was, ways to learn was, the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was Dr. Strange. So, Oh, or Doctor no. Who. What? The doctor that's. Oh, the stop thing. it! No, that was not it. He's trying to turn this, this into not a nerd, a nerd, nerd, nerd episode. We are not. He's trying to, well, he's trying to turn out this. On what's your nerd? <laughs> we already did that. We'll, on do, your that. Show, we'll not do that. We'll do that. We'll do that episode on the nerd. <laughs> no, but no, I totally it, it, get what you're saying, Felice. And I think you know. Let's let's just drop this one. That a lot of what holds people back and what keeps them, this is what I've discovered and what keeps me from moving forward and having my best life is fear. Like just put oh, a name sure. to that emotion. It's don't fear. Don't get me started. It's don't fear. Started people don't fear. ask them, they don't ask the hard questions to themselves even. I get, okay, it might be hard to say to your partner, like, hey, I'm not happy in my relationship. But to even say that to yourself, like, am I happy in their relationship? A lot of people don't because they're scared of what the answer might be and what that might mean for their totally. life. But once you do it, it takes the power of fear away. Sorry, what? It does. Yeah. I think it's also people are afraid to be alone. Yes. You know, if if you're going to... Fear of being alone. Yeah, if you're going to confront this thing, it's going to be like, well, maybe it's just not going to work out. And then what? And then I'm just here, which Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you're not happy, you shouldn't be in that situation with whatever it is. Your your job. You can change that. Your friends, your family. You can Mm -hmm. change that. You're an adult. You're a grown grown person. You can make these decisions, but... I think it is. It's fear. It's fear of everything. It's fear of doing things. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, I've been asked to do podcasts for, a, you know, a large portion of my adult life. And I always turned it down whenever I think I had that fear. I was like, well, am I good enough? Yeah, I don't Can have anything to it? say. Yeah. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like after the brain injury, it's like, yeah, why not? I never went anywhere. 
you know? Like, I literally, I, I just never traveled at all. As soon as, after my brain injury, it's like, hey, I, we could get a, a passport. And then, hey, I want to get some stamps on this thing, you know? I got mm-hmm. rid of the fear, and I, I started to do these things. I think we got to just take that step. I, I say, like, always think Nike, just do it. Because if mm-hmm. you just do it, if you just start, no matter what it is, stop saying the things that you always say to yourself. Like, even, all right, like, a lot of people ask me, I want to start a podcast, but I don't want to. And then they, the whole list of things of yeah. why they can't do it, where I'm like, think Nike, just mm-hmm. do it. You don't have to have the expensive microphone, the editing tools. I mean, all that stuff's really nice. Just do it. If you just do it, and I say this for everything in life, most people are talkers. If you're doing something and somebody's like, you know, if you did this, that would make this better. Or you did this and that didn't really work out very yeah, well. Yeah, those that. are talkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are talkers. You're doing it. So don't listen to any of that stuff that's not constructive. I think if you just take the steps to do the things, whatever it is, in your career, in your life, in your relationships, you're ahead of like 95% of the people in the world. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're the exception. You're a doer. There aren't very many doers or more talkers. So mm-hmm. survivors, caregivers, normies, mm-hmm. be doers. Let's not be talkers. I think that... Um, the, the big thing that most people, I mean, it, I'm all about, you brought up fear. I'm all about releasing fear because mm-hmm. um, what people are really um, afraid of is the unknown. And there's this, um, there's this, uh, there's this author, thought teacher, whatever you want to call him, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks about how Ooh, our I past love him. programming, mm-hmm. yeah, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, he talks about how our past programming is what really um, dictates how we act every day. And if you want to break through and evolve, you have to release past programming. But mm-hmm. the brain, you know, our, our lizard brain wants to protect us. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, programming is, is predictable. It's a mm-hmm. predictable thing, our predictable past. But if we keep doing the same thing every day, we're going to get the same results. So what happens mm-hmm. when somebody has like an event, like a brain injury, and it, it disrupts that, pro, that, that, that programming that we're following every day. It allows you to, it kind of gives you that cheat code to release the fear of the unknown because you've already jumped into the unknown with the brain injury. Right. Um, not to say that you need to have a brain injury no, to no, no, jump no, no, in the no, unknown. No, no, but we've been forced but, but it into it. Button. Everyone listening that hasn't been forced into it has the choice. So we're telling you how to release choose it. Release the fear. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah. choose to release it because right. the fear, releasing the fear of the unknown allows you to go into the unknown, which... Right. The unknown is where all the good stuff is. Actually. It is. Exactly. Our brain want, make, wants it. Our, our old lizard brain makes us want to fear that because we don't know what it is. But actually, you know, if you're trying to manifest like new things into your life, you want a, you know, a new job, you want a new career, you mm-hmm. want a new, you know, uh, partner, whatever it is. None of that is going to exist if you keep doing yeah. the same programming. That you've been, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about generational wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it, it, what's wonderful is as we evolve, we're now imprinting that into the, because this programming is yes. like in our DNA. It really is. And yes. now yeah. we're shifting, and this is something that we are creating now for the generation, generation, yeah. generation. Yeah. They don't have to reset and start. Yeah. There will be other challenges that they get, but it will be, we're constantly Completely. expanding into They have stepping things. stones to start with. They're not having to, exactly. like they already have the steps to take and then they can keep going. Yeah. They can keep building the staircase. Yeah. Whereas they're, they're a lot of us have had to start step. from yeah. zero. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of us we, grow up and say that we're adults, right? And that we we're not gonna. I'm not gonna be my mom. I'm not gonna do that. But so right. many of us follow exactly what they did because that's all we know. Because we've never been taught of how to put a name to our emotion and to deal with it. Um, so it's, if it's anyone the programming, 
it is programming. And if you need help, there's a really easy movie, um, a Disney movie, Inside Out, that oh, really helps you. It's so I cute. I still haven't watched that. You need to watch that. that. Yeah, Basically, I, mean, I think Disney. I, I, you'll, you will, because it, it really helps show that how our emotions exist and have to coexist together for you to be able to co-create your life. Um, and it takes this really hard concept and kind of boils it down because I think Disney was like, shoot, man, like we messed up this last generation big time with all our princesses and our princes and being <laughs> rescued. Like we didn't teach them any coping skills whatsoever. So they're like, we need to fix this. Like our generation comes in and we're like, we need to fix this because no Prince Charming is coming and saving my ass. So they made this movie to try to teach people how to live in this more spiritual realm and to be more oh, human. I, I, I gotta watch it. Everybody, you gotta watch told me it. That with, with what I'm into, like they're like, you would love it. It's super um, deep. And Every time point, I watch it, I learn something new. <laughs> to that point, um, emotions are our navigation system. Like it, like emotions, feeling bad is not a bad thing because if you know how to process it right. and, and, and use, utilize it to help you, it, mm -hmm. you acknowledge it and you see it and you go, Oh, okay. I'm not feeling good right now. What is going on? Do I so need to go Felice meditate? Says, do I need to go do something Felice else? says something in those moments and it drives me crazy, but she's absolutely right. And, but every time it drives me absolutely nuts where I'm just like, mm, you know, you get in those moods and she'll literally say, okay. Does it feel better to feel good or does it feel better to feel bad? And I'm like, it feels better to feel good. She's like, okay, so we should work on getting into a better place. And I'm like, mm. and I'm so like, but then you think about it, you slow down and you're like, yeah. it's ridiculous that I'm upset that feeling good feels better, you know? And it kind of like, it just clicks and it's like, oh yeah, I want to feel better. But that's, it goes back to like the programming. I just want to touch on, uh, on that again. Yeah. We can, we can change things, right? Mm -hmm. All we have to do is take that step. So I, I'm not to throw my mother under the bus. My mother had a stroke. She had a stroke. She had a heart attack. And then after that, she did nothing different. She, oh. like I said, my family lives the definition of insanity. They do the exact same thing, hoping, expecting something different. I had my stroke and I was like, I don't ever want that again. So I changed everything. Everything. I, I the, the way that I eat, the way that I function, you know, and I, I did something completely different. I broke my programming. You know, mm -hmm. you can do the same. But here's what's deep about programming. I'm, I joke that I'm a recovering Catholic because I am. So I was raised to not talk about anything. So it's really difficult for me to like share these things. I was raised to not inconvenience anybody with whatever I'm going through just to shove it down and pretend everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Hence, me presenting me so well. Mm -hmm. So, and then. That's probably why we overshare because we're trying to come over our childhood. That's overshare. why I overshare. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was told to like live with secrets. Now I'm never going to do it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel this. You know this. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so what's crazy is when, and I don't know if you feel this, when you're around negative people, mm -hmm. it feel, for me, it's scary. Mm -hmm. I can't be around people who are negative. I can't be around mm -hmm. negative situations because my programming kicks in again. Like even though I, I try to bury that and build this new programming, it's so deep in my DNA that when negative things happen, I literally it feels good. And that's the scariest thing for me where I'm like, mm. yeah, of course it doesn't work out. Yeah, things suck. And it feels good. It doesn't make any sense to people who were raised correctly <laughs> or who are <laughs> mentally stable. Um, but if you have these like deep emotional yeah. issues, like it, it's you have to shift that and change that. So you have to make sure you put yourself in a place where you, you're surrounded with good people and good energies. Because if not, it's going to suck you right back down. 
Programming is crazy, but we can change that programming. And we're doing it. You and I are actually doing it slowly but surely every single yeah. day. And yeah. I think you and I have actually supported each other along this journey, which is very important. So anybody out yeah. there, it's possible and you don't have to do it alone. Yep. Now I'm off my soapbox. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> or making Headway Podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, I think that's a great, that's a great thing that we touch on there. There is help out there and, um, neuro, neuro nerds has the neuro network, right? Is that, am I calling it right? On yes, the neuro Clubhouse. nerd network. I do that on the, uh, the on neuro nerds, the neuro nerds, network. the neuro nerds network. On, um, on Clubhouse, yeah. So basically every, uh, Wednesday, six Pacific standard time, I do a wellbeing Wednesday where it's a midweek check-in for anybody in the brain community, including caregivers, you know, even normies, if you guys want to pop in. Um, just to check in, make sure everybody's okay. We're there to support one another. And then every Friday, 6 Pacific Standard Time, I have an after brain injury conversation, which we talk about life after brain injury. Everything from imposter syndrome to new hobbies, anything after brain injury. And some of these conversations have been phenomenal. And I have met some of the greatest people I will ever meet in life. So definitely come mm -hmm. in and enjoy them. Yeah. Joe also has his um, so rock one-on-one. -on -one. Well, he has his the Facebook group um, that is jump on there just join that and he also has a one-on-one um, -on -one coaching program that um he is launching officially like it's already going but it's but he's launching it officially officially <laughs> mm -hmm. um at the top of uh, february um where you know he's working with um, survivors on mindset and yeah. helping them find their new normal post-brain injury yeah. Um, embracing the new normal yeah yeah so i want, in, I, want I want to say about new normal new normal to people people hate that it's yeah, a really, COVID kind of ruined it's a divisive, it. <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a divisive term. Like when you say, you know, especially for the brain injury community, it's like, mm -hmm. well, I don't want a new normal. I want my old normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm here to like, you know, rain on your parade a little bit, but that, that version of yourself, that normal is gone and it's right. not coming back. And it's not a bad thing. So what I want to like help people understand is it's not a bad thing. This new normal can be amazing. It can be significantly better and hopefully it will be significantly better than anything that you've ever had before. So it's all about acceptance. It's all about moving forward, processing, and living the best possible life you can have post-brain injury. I would like to even add to that and say, really, brain injury or not, we're always embracing our new normal every day we wake up. Like, every day. Like, yep. we're constantly expanding as human beings and evolving as human beings. And whether you like it or not, <laughs> your hair grew a little bit. <laughs> you, have right. a, you have a little bit new, you have the new normal hair the I, next day. Like I, everything's always changing. I feel personally attacked. I'm bald. And I think, I think that the, what happens with when you have a, a, a traumatic event, um, like a brain injury is that it's, it's a rapid change yes. very mm -hmm. quickly. So you're like, no, no, no I want to go back to what that was yesterday, but mm -hmm. you know, it would have changed anyway, not like mm -hmm. this, right. but it would have changed in some way. So now fuel. we're just trying to help you get radical, He's trying to help you get radical acceptance into that new change because that's what re releasing that resistance allows you to release the suffering of wanting to go back to what it was yesterday. Sure. You and, know? and what and I'll say about remember. that, the, 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 oh. sorry, mm -hmm. the, just the last thing I'll say about that, about resistance and acceptance. Resistance is pain. It's pain. When you resist your new normal, you're in a lot of pain. Acceptance is freedom. So let's mm -hmm. get to accepting and then living our best lives. And let's remember that it's not just children who have developmental milestones. Um, science is really good at pointing out that, hey, you know, your one-year-old should be doing this, your two-year-old should be doing this. But then for some reason, we turn 18 with all our glorious wisdom and we go on for life and we stay the same forever and ever and always. <laughs> huh? Yeah. You're yeah, it, it's just, 
go go off. Be, right. be an adult. <laughs> it's silly. Adults need to change too. Like if you're yeah, not changing, true. you should probably be questioning what's going on in your life right now. Like you you gotta you gotta be willing to adjust. Yeah. Yep. This has been an amazing episode. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, do you want to know why? We yeah. are both amazing people. Okay. That's why. And very humble. Apparently. We are the most yes. humble human beings yeah. you will ever meet. Yeah, they're super humble. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. I'm glad Felice keeps you in check because otherwise, yeah. I don't know, your head, your head would be floating <laughs> out here in New Hampshire. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, she, like I said, she has to deal with this every single day. And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, this is just you. And the podcast, yeah, no. and get us, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 this is me every day. So, me, you guys know Mimi Hayes. She just mm-hmm. moved to California, so I get to see her a lot more frequently. And after like hanging out with me like once or twice, she's like, oh my god, you are literally like this all the time. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is she ready to move? <laughs> she's ready to move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been so great having you on. Um, let's just recap how people can find you. Facebook. Um, what's it called? You so rock um, on on Facebook. You can join the the You so rock Facebook group because you so rock. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at Joe so rocks on all. Why it's like why am I closing out a Neuro Nerds episode? So, I don't know, but <laughs> this is what I want to ask you to do anyway. Uh huh. All the socials. Social. Uh-huh. All yeah, the you socials. can reach out to, to, to at the Neuro Nerds on all the socials. On all the socials. Um, yeah, we, I'm at Felice Lze on all the socials. Yeah. Uh, what else? I'm trying to be like Joe right now. Uh, yeah. All this will be written in the show notes, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the spelling. I will links put it all in the show notes. show notes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but some of us are better at listening than we are at reading, so I like to always say it out loud. <laughs> also, you can, if you're interested in Joe's coaching, one on one coaching, it's at yousorock.coach. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Yousorock.coach. So, yeah, you can go there and check it out and reach out and, and see what. Uh, Call with Joe. On all the socials. On all the socials. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, at Usa Rock is on all, is on the socials on it the is. Instagram. Yeah. On, on the Instagrams, on, on the, the interwebs. Everywhere. Um, oh, interwebs. We are the neuronerds.com. <laughs> the neuronerds.com. Yeah, we put out a, a, a new episode every Tuesday. And, you know, we are significantly different than the Making Headway podcast. You know, we mm-hmm. try, um, you know, we're, we're trying to corner the market. And nerd them. <laughs> I, 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 oh, jeez. I always joke. <laughs> I always joke that, you know, we don't we don't talk enough about the positive side of brain injury. Now, it's not all doom and gloom, you know, so I like to celebrate the fact that we're here. And I like to talk about, you know, the hero's journey. And we do that a lot through everything nerdum. So everything from like, you know, Marvel to Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's it's we, we have a lot of fun because that's a side of the community and recovery that I don't think is shined on enough. So we try to shine a very bright spotlight on that. I am very energetic. Heads up. This is me all the time. <laughs> it shows worth listening to. Just maybe not if you're having a migraine day. <laughs> true. Very true. It could be a lot. That's acceptable. But yeah. You know, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I think our listeners no, well, thank you for having are learning us. a lot. This, yeah. is, this has been amazing. Thank you, Erin. And I really appreciate you know who you are, what you do, um, how open that you've been recently about your journey. It's been great to get to know you, period, just personally. It's also been great to get to know you on your podcast, which is, it's, it was very um, endearing, your, your solo episode. I think it was great. I think it was amazing. Please keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Will do. Yay. So on that, yeah. <laughs> on that, this Yay. is Aaron closing out on Making Headway Podcast, and we will talk with you guys next time. Bye. Bye. These neuro nerds are out. <laughs> Hi, everyone. 
Making Headway Podcasts is just a side project that I love. It's given me a lot of community, along with giving you guys community as well. And I really thank you for supporting me. If you'd like to do something extra, we would really appreciate it. There's a few ways you could help us out. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. Share us with friends, family, or anyone that you think might want to listen. Also, clicking on the links in our show notes for Amazon gives us just a small kickback, just enough to help pay those bills. If you wanted to do something more, which we would really appreciate, you can donate at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. Lastly, we have a Patreon account as well. That's found at www.patreon.com slash makingheadwaypodcast. Anything you can do to support us really helps us out. Thank you so much. We really love you, listeners. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.